You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay. Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast Here in the Lockdown Podcast Network Thank you for making us part of your daily routine We're here for you Monday through Friday Even when we don't want to be on a day like this where the Celtics lose 115-107 to the Denver Nuggets on Jamal Murray night in Denver. I mean, my God, Jesus. Wow. 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 What a game. Uh, we're the Rena Jays, John Corrales, Samuel Jamison Packard, the third. Uh, I think we need to break this down into three different games. There was the first quarter, which were rocked. There was the, Second and third quarter, which was not as fun. And then there was Jamal Murray's fourth quarter, which uh, was not good for the Celtics, but it was also kind of rocks because it was, it was insane. I'm shot making like that possession after possession, that many points in the fourth quarter uh, was, was cuckoo. It was banana land. It was bonkers. So why don't we do that? Let's just do that in that order. Let's start with the first quarter, which was maybe the best quarter the Celtics have played all season. They came out hot. They looked great. The ball was moving. They were attacking. You can tell there was a point of emphasis on moving the basketball and getting to the paint. Uh, and I thought the Celtics did a great job, especially Jalen Brown. Uh, the first quarter was, it was gangbusters. We were happy. Thought the offense was fully back. The defense was back, too. They were doing a great job of creating turnovers. Kyrie had a number of steals. Uh, everything was good. Everything and then was the good. second quarter happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they came out. Just beautifully, uh, everything everything was great in the first quarter. I, I really looked at that and I said, it, "It's everything was just exactly the way you would draw it up." They forced five steals. They had five steals. They forced six turnovers overall. They had twelve assists on fifteen made baskets. That was just everything you would want happened in that quarter. And to the critics of how many three-point shots they took, they they would say, look, you only took seven three-pointers in the first quarter. Now, the Celtics overall in the game took 31. So if you were okay, I'll just say this. If you were okay with the number of three-pointers the Celtics took in the first quarter, then you should be okay with 31 threes. You should absolutely not be sitting there saying they shot too many threes. Okay? They shot seven in the first quarter. You loved it because they hit four of them. Now, the, there were probably a couple threes, just like there are a couple threes in every game, where they probably took a forced one. But seven times four is 28, and 31 is only three more than 28. So they didn't go on some weird, crazy three-point binge after the first quarter. They pretty much stayed on that same pace, very close pace to it. The difference after the first quarter is they didn't hit 
a lot of those shots after the first quarter. They were five of 24 after the first quarter. So a lot of those shots just didn't fall. Tatum, 0 of 3. Hayward, 0 of 2. Horford, 0 of 2. Brown, 0 of 2. Morris, 0 for 3. Like oh, our the- first, our first bad Mook game of the year, and it doesn't feel good. No, right, exactly. And so I don't want to excuse it. It was a bad game. They didn't shoot well, but no one, none of those guys took egregiously bad threes, and they all took two or three of them. So that's it. Was, it definitely wasn't the threes. I mean, in the in the first quarter, they had 15 field goals on 11 assists, and then. Like, I think the next, they just stopped moving the basketball. The bench really struggled to get anything going. I didn't think Rozier had his best night. I think Smart had a good night. But, like, in terms of getting to the basket and creating paint touches and getting the ball inside out, um, they didn't do it consistently. And then when they did do it, here's all the missed threes you just mentioned. So, like, they, I thought they had their moments in the second and third quarter of, of decent offense, but it wasn't sustained, uh, good offense. And so, when they're going up a team like the Nuggets, who apparently have a great offense now and have, well, even in the second and third quarter, it was really the, their bench players, like Trey Lyles coming out of nowhere for 12 points. or um, They just had a real struggle like getting consistent stops, and then when they did do good things on offense, which was not very consistent, uh, they ended up missing a bunch of, uh, I thought were decent looks, but they didn't, it wasn't like open look, open look, open look, because eventually those would go in. It was turnover, uh longer to then maybe an open three but just the offense really seemed to slow down uh pretty much when Kyrie Irving was not in the game yeah yeah I mean Kyrie was insane in this game uh his overall numbers let me pull up his overall numbers here Kyrie Irving was another 30 point game 31 points on 13 of 17 shooting four of six from three five rebounds five assists three steals two turnovers I mean that was just a a beautiful game from Kyrie Irving. He hit some insane shots, insane shots. I mean, that, that should be enough to win the game, but the bench just did not step up at, at all. Really? No one on the bench had a good game. Not, not even close. I mean, smart, smart, I guess was close. Nine points on three or five shooting, some pretty crazy defense, but Mook had a, a generally bad game. Baines was not impactful at all. Rozier, nothing out of him. And, you know, Robert Williams had a cool dunk, but he was he was only there for a couple of minutes. The bench really did not do well. And look, the Denver bench is is pretty good. The Denver bench went and won them a game against the Utah Jazz before this. They they came out in the fourth quarter of a game against Utah and just punched them in the mouth and outscored them by 20 points in the fourth quarter. So. Their bench doing well is not a surprise. And, and the Celtics bench. Not doing well is a surprise. So a couple of things that just didn't go well for the Celtics. So we did the first quarter. Let's second and third quarters now. In the second and the third quarters, things just really did fall apart. Uh, the Celtics shot 43%. They shot 23% from three. They only had four assists on their 18 baskets, so the ball wasn't moving at all. They kind of devolved into that individual style of play. And they didn't defend. The, the biggest thing is that they didn't defend. In the first quarter, they were defending their asses off. They were active. Their hands were all over the place. 
And in the second and third quarters, they went and gave up a 48, 48% shooting, 35% from three. They, again, they didn't force a ton of turnovers, only three Denver turnovers in the second, third quarter. Just brutal defensively. I think the defense in the second and third quarters is where this whole thing fell apart. Yeah, they really seemed to struggle with Jokic at the top of the key with dribble handoffs. Their initial coverage was like just kind of to trail over those. And it seemed like in the first half, I don't know if they were getting doing a better job of getting their hands up in passing lanes or creating deflections. But in the second and third quarters, it seemed like every time a Denver guard, usually Murray or Gary Harris, took a dribble handoff and went over, they would kind of drop. And then Jokic is a pretty good passer, a playmaker in that short role there. Um, and Denver did a good job of making shots, uh, either floaters or getting to Jokic, and he did a good job passing. But it didn't seem like the Celtics really had a, a great answer for those dribble handoffs. And in that second and third quarter, um, that seems like what beat them often. And you're right, the steals, deflections, the blocks all went down in that in that time frame. And then um, you mentioned it; they went to a little bit of iso ball, which was fine uh, when Kyrie was doing it because Kyrie had some like three or four insane possessions there in the at the end of the second quarter. But then it, it feels like it just it ruins the offense. And I don't know if it's just, uh, I guess, bias against this, but like Tatum, like Kyrie went three straight offensive possessions in a row, and he came away, I think, with four points. And then immediately, like, Tatum comes down the next time, and he does just, like, an atrocious possession. And this is uh, all capped off because this is well, the Celtics were losing their 18-point lead. But it's like, does... Do the Kyrie possession, ISO possessions kind of breed a Tatum ISO possession? It makes sense if it's just like, all right, we're doing ISO ball now. We're not really going to be in the flow of things. Um, it just so happens, and this is a uh, danger card tweeted this during the game. Kyrie is like a 1.2 points per possession ISO player, where right now Tatum is like a 0.67 point per possession ISO player. So your expected value of Kyrie ISO is way more than a Tatum ISO, and it just – it's good when the Kyrie shots are going in, but if it bleeds into more ISO offense or other players not named Kyrie, it's not as good. No, it's not. Um, I, I, I think the, the biggest problem with this offense is a lot of guys feel like they can go and score whenever they want. And really only one guy right now can go score whenever he wants. It's Kyrie Irving. Uh, Jason Tatum had a great season last season being the unselfish overflow guy. When we sat there all last season, we said, man, Tatum should shoot more. He should shoot more. He should be a little bit more selfish. Now he's doing that. And we're all like, well, I wish he played a little bit more like he did last year. So I think part of it, we've got to, we've got to try to let him figure it out a little bit and, and, realize that this is still early November and this could just be a bunch of, I don't know what Brad Stevens is saying behind closed doors. I don't know what anybody else is saying behind closed doors. I don't know what he's been told. I don't know if the Kobe thing has any validity to it, whatever, but I, he's obviously trying to get his own offense going and he's, he's just not getting all the way to the rim as often as he should. And what happens is he, if he's, he's not strong enough to back people down necessarily in the post all the time, he uses the back down in the post to set up a push off spin move, fadeaway jumper, which 
goes in sometimes, but not often enough to make it efficient. And he, he's just struggling to kind of figure out where his best offense is coming from. Eventually, maybe the stuff that he's doing right now that is uh, getting a little bit annoying, that stuff will fall and we'll say, okay, he just needed to kind of like polish this part of his game. And in the moment, we can say, gee, it's so annoying that he's doing this. At the same time, he has to understand what works and what doesn't. And if it, I get that he wants to work on parts of his game. At, at some point, he has to just understand what what the balance is between winning these games or or, or even if you're not going to succeed, at least try the things that you're supposed to do rather than not succeeding at that mid-range jumper fadeaway game, attack the rim. And if you don't get the foul calls, at least you're building the habit of attacking the rim. So, And that goes to this tweet from at Micah underscore Angelo, who says, Celtics, not a bad team, but the Celtics have a lot of bad habits. And I think that's one of the bad habits. Settling for shots because they think they can hit them, and they they can't at a reasonable enough rate. And what they're doing is they're creating the habit of I'm going to settle for this shot rather than going to the rim. Yeah. The thing that's most frustrating is when the ball stops and it's one of these possessions, like they, they, and it's not just Tatum, but Tatum seems to be um, kind of the biggest culprit here of just stopping the ball and then going into sort of ISO, but they're not like, the reaction time is is they're not immediately catching the ball and then doing something else. They're kind of letting the um, rotation settle back in. And I credit has to go to the Nuggets defense tonight. I thought their defensive rotations were pretty good, and um, so the Celtics didn't have the, as much of a, an advantage on the catch as they uh, would against other teams. But you have to, given that if that defense is so uh, is playing well, you have to like catch the ball and immediately uh, do something else. And it feels like. Um, the Celtics are having a tough time of just one-on-one basketball getting to the rim. Hayward's not really giving anything. Smart's not really doing much. Rozier's not really doing much. Tatum, you you know he has the ability to, and he had uh, one or two plays tonight where he like shot faked and used a couple steps to get to the rim, and it was good. But it's not something that the the Celtics are consistently doing. They're not don't seem to be able to beat their guy off the dribble and get to the rim to create. Um, with that being said, I thought Jalen Brown probably had his best game of the season tonight because he did just that. He he was very aggressive driving, and when he was, when he got stopped, he did some spin moves in the lane. And him getting into the lane and passing out of it was a lot of what generated the the great offense in the first quarter. And I thought they got back to it a little. Um, I guess we can move on to the the Jamal Murray show in the fourth quarter. But I thought that clearly coming out of some oh, timeout, I forget the exact time it was. Brad made a point like we need to get into the paint, and you saw Tatum do that play I described earlier. You saw Mook pass up a long two to go for a layup. They clearly made an emphasis of getting the ball to the rim or trying to get the ball in the paint and then passing out of it. And I thought they had their some good moments starting early in the fourth, um, and it was kind of the, each team were exchanging baskets. Then Mook gets called for a tech when he thought the guy was in the circle. The guy was just a great defensive play. And then it's all downhill from there, and Jamal Murray takes over, goes super cyan, and um, murders the entire team. The Marcus Morris play—I uh, didn't even—I didn't even write that down in my notes, but it, it's just—it's so interesting that I mean, he's just absolutely convinced. He's so convinced that this 
it's such an egregiously bad call that he gets a technical foul. And that, that technical foul ultimately didn't mean it just what didn't like shape the game in any way, but it's still a fourth quarter technical foul, which is kind of a sin, especially in that situation. And when, if you're going to argue a call to the point of getting a tech, like you better, you better be right. And he wasn't even close to being right. Like just, it's frustration and I, I don't want to take it. I have my own frustration that I don't want to take out on Mook. He's been awesome all year long. This has been his one bad game, but if you're going to get a tech in the fourth quarter, man, you better be right about it. You better be right. And he wasn't at all. That was a, he, he, there was a great play and whatever. Anyway, on to Jamal Murray, which just, I mean, I, I have no words. I have no words for what we saw out of Jamal Murray. The guy couldn't miss. and Three-point when... three shots, two-point shots, floaters, layups, left-handed layups, right-handed layups, left-handed floaters, pretty much anything he wanted in the first or fourth quarter, he got. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the fourth quarter numbers and you say that Jamal Murray scored uh, 19 of the Nuggets 27 points. I don't even remember where eight other points came from. I don't know who, I, I can't remember who else scored. I mean, I can look it up here and see that Jokic. <laughs> he also scored 14 of the teams of the Nuggets first 19 points. So he really like started this game and capped his game up. So I tweeted out like one of those takes that clearly it's, it was either going to be dead on or didn't age well. And it didn't age well where I thought for sure, for sure. I thought, Jamal Murray is the type of player that's going to get super hot in the first half and then he's going to go into the half and he's going to cool off and he's going to come out thinking he's still on fire and he's going to miss like six, seven shots in a row before he realizes, okay, I'm not, I'm not hot anymore. And he just stayed hot. He didn't cool off at all. And I was completely dead wrong about that. So, uh, of course, J King called me out on it. Shout out to Jay King for calling me out on my bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just look who expects Jamal Murray to go off for near 50. Oh, by the way, we got to talk about this. D- putting up that shot with the time winding down and the game's clearly over. Is, bullshit or not? What do you think? I think it's bullshit, but it's not the something I would be that upset about. Like, Jalen gave up on the play and could have like defended him through the screen. It's kind of bullshit because he's clearly going for 50, but it's like it would have been a meaningless 50 because it was a wide open shot. But like, I don't know. The guy just dropped 48 on you. If you wanted to be upset with him about the 50, like stop him, you know, each of the past 20 possessions where you could do nothing about it. It just seems like a sour grapes thing. Like, eh, he's probably uh, an asshole for trying it, but um, he just dropped 48. So what can you say? That's that's pretty that's a pretty good take. I I think I think that's about right on. I, I just thought it was interesting that the referees like as soon as he shot the ball, as soon as he shot the ball, all the referees just stepped in the middle and said, "We're nope, nope." Because well, I'll, apparently Kyrie has came and took the ball and threw it fifty uh fifty rows back in the uh, so he was upset. I don't know if it was about the Jamal Murray thing or the fact that like the Celtics lost their second game in a row and like a game they had an eighteen point lead in. It's probably Probably a little of both. Yeah, yeah. 
frustration, frustration all around. Uh, some post-game quotes here. Uh, Jalen Brown coming out after the game saying, we stopped moving the ball. We started settling. And that's the Celtics' biggest problem, settling for shots that they know they can make. And it, it's I, – I have this idea in my head that it's almost like it's weirdly like the Celtics are too good. They have a bunch of players who are too good to move the ball because they all think they can hit these shots. And I've been saying it all season long. They all know that at any moment I can hit these shots and I can start going off. And it's, it's, it's almost like they get discouraged when they don't hit open threes. Like when they do good offense and then it does it, it results in open three and it doesn't go in. Then they like, they go back to ISO ball because they're like, they don't try. I can't believe I'm about to say the phrase, but they don't trust the process. Like they, they don't, they don't. I've been saying, been using that same phrase that they don't trust that, that things are going to go right. Yeah, no, it's, it, it was a problem in the second and third quarter where they all of a sudden they were up by 10 and then they Tatum misses an open three. And then next time down, he has a turnover. And then next time down, the, uh, he does the weird ISO where it's just like, and boom, if the Nuggets are consistently making hoops on every possession there, you, your 10 point lead goes in its tie game. And it just seems like they have those frustration moments that when they're not hitting, like when they do create one and then they don't hit it, they don't have ability to bounce back from that. It just all of a sudden compiles and you have 20 minutes of shitty offense. That look all season long, the, the story has been the same. When they move the ball, Pass it around, side to side, paint touch. They're going to score. That is almost a guarantee. Get the ball from side to side. Move the ball. Move yourself. Get that ball into the paint. And then either score in the paint or drive and kick. They score on those or get great shots on those almost all the time. Whenever they start going isolation... Every single time they go isolation, either, okay, sometimes they score. They score sometimes on those. That's fine. When it's Kyrie and he's uh, got a new haircut. Right. It works more, it works more often than that. So, so on the, so when they score, fine. Okay. They score. They're not scoring nearly often enough to justify it, except for Kyrie. Whenever they go isolation, invariably the other team will take the miss and break and score or draw a foul. And that's how they lose leads almost all the time. We see it. We're now at what? 10 games into the season. We see it every single time, move the ball side to side, paint touch, you score or get good shots. If you go into isolation, the other team is almost always going to take that ball the other way and score or get a good shot for themselves. Something positive happens for them offensively whenever the Celtics offensively do what they do. So let's, uh, let's, let's jam out a junk drawer. Cause we got to, we still, it's taco Tuesday. We got to start doing our taco Tuesday thing. So let's, let's junk drawer this up. If you have any, um, right now, the only one I can think of is, uh, Scal shouting out Ben Simmons never hitting a three uh, just mid-broadcast. They found out Miles Plumley uh, never hit a three, and then he just like, well, Ben Simmons hasn't made one in his entire career, and it just shows how much <laughs> this weird internet culture has uh, 
basically imposed itself on Celtics fandom. Another one, Robert Williams came in with the Time Lord. Um, then we got a hack of Plumley, uh, and then a hack of Time Lord back and forth. That was nice. And then next time down, um, Robert Williams just hacked Paul Millsap, which just seemed like he had no idea what was going on, um, and fouled the wrong guy, which was not part of the plan. So, um, he's young, and that was fun. But he had that cool dunk, which was fun. Uh, it was cool, and uh, but other than that, not much junk in this game. Oh, the other one, there was a review play, uh, and then they were playing Private Eyes uh, in Denver, and I thought yes. that was just a nice little one. I like the song by Holland Otis, but not Private Eyes, reviewing the play. It's a good joke. It's a good good game opery, uh, as I say it. Yeah, I agree. I, I that, that is something that uh... – Here's a question that I just thought of, um, which I'm qualifying as junk because it's in this section, but it's a serious question. How concerned are you about the Celtics? I think they're three and a half games back of the Raptors now. I know it's a long season, but the Raptors uh, seem to be quite good. Have the Celtics lost their chance at first place in the Eastern Conference? No. No. They played 11 games. Ten, Celtics played 10 games. Toronto's played 11 games, so there are uh, 71 games for them to hit a losing streak. And, you know, like, this is great that they're 10 and 1, but they're not going to, they're not going to win 10 of every 11 games this season. Like, they're going, they're going to slide. Something's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. So the Celtics will go on a winning streak. They'll go on a losing streak and they'll end up tied at some point. Uh, So, no, like no one should be watching the standings at this point. Like who's who's watching the standings now? Stop. Don't do that. There's a few members of the Celtics third community who are watching those standings because games do get close. They, they I mean, I agree with you generally that like the season is way too early for uh to start looking at standings and things like that. Um but uh, what I imagine is going to be a close Eastern Conference race. It's not great to start out three and a half games back, so they're going to have to pick up some ground. I think there's definitely potential for it, but it's not the, exactly the way you want to start the season, losing two games in a row on the road. No. It's going to be a tough, tough road trip. But uh, It's not the way you want to start a season, but it's – I mean, look, they, they, they need to – they need to not play like this you know, down the road. Uh, they need to be better. But they also are – Toronto loses two games in a row and the Celtics win two games in a row and all of a sudden it's a one-and-a-half game lead and it's meaningless. Like it, it, it doesn't – who knows? Like, I'm a little bit scared of the Raptors just kicking the shit out of teams when Kawhi is not playing. I'm just saying that. That's giving me a little bit of pause like, oh – these rappers are a little bit better than I thought they were. They're they're very good. They're definitely very good. That's there's no doubt. They are better than I thought they were. Um they they beat the crap out of the Jazz tonight and the Jazz are are very disappointing right now by the way. They the Jazz are 4 and 6. So I, I was sitting here looking at the Jazz as a potential team that could have climbed up to the second or third seed in the West and, and they might still but you know they're they're not playing well right now. So the Raptors are ten and one. Okay, great. Yeah. They they are very, very good. And who knows? Who knows how it's gonna go? But it's too early to be like worried that they're 
way out of things or, or out of a chance to, to win the East. I mean, come on. Let's let's, let's give it. Let's I told I told you I told you it was raining junk. It is junk, and I'm I'm just trashing it then. Uh, um, are anyone anything on the rain junk hashtag right now? I can't see it. Uh, there is very little on the rain and junk hashtag. Uh, let's see. Uh, we already talked about the scal unprovoked shade. Uh, there's really not much. Oh, uh, at Jovian Shadow. Uh, I'm sure I just heard Bane say, oh, come on, bro, that's a terrible call to the ref, Shades of J. King, which was uh, very funny. Huge fan of the floor mics in Denver because they were picking up a lot. They of, picked you could basically hear the ref. Every, yeah, that's another uh, fantastic observation. Absolutely. Um, and that's about it. Uh, Vandell Harris got to hand it to us tonight. First quarter was has definitely been erotic. Uh, I wish the rest of the game was. There were so there were some erotic possessions that didn't end in climax, and it was very very frustrating. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, okay, let's let's end this sucker by uh, handing out our Taco Tuesday. Which oh god, what a terrible game to be handing out Taco Tuesdays. But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a sour taco. But I think there's only there's only one person in my um. I'll go two. two. I Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Kyrie Irving got a haircut and is a. Uh, is gangbusters. He can't even when he misses, he can't miss. I mean, he's he's been insane pretty much the past four games. Uh, Chris Forsberg tweeted out his stats even you know, just in the last fourteen quarters, but he's shooting something like fifty five percent from the field, fifty percent from three. Also has crap ton of assists. I was very impressed with his uh, ability to create um, for others tonight. He had that real nice pass to Al Horford at one point, but then. His three-point making and his shot making, his layups, his, he did some crazy things tonight. He has to be on the. He has to get a taco. He I, deserves all the tacos. I agree. I agree. He he gets the whole truck. He gets the whole truck. But Marcus Morris, aside from tonight, from the you know the the past few games that he's had, I think uh, definitely has earned a taco. I'm gonna overlook the one bad game. I think for taco purposes. Uh, Especially but, since we missed Taco Tuesday last week, so he needs credit for his week before. Marcus sure. Moore Sr. definitely sure. definitely deserves Taco. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there are any other tacos to go out. The Taco Tuesday is very barren. Um, no, and uh, that's what uh, that's what losses will get you. Yeah. Um, you know what? you got to earn your taco keep. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tatum's not been playing well. Horford, Horford's borderline. Uh, Horford's uh, the best defensive player in the league, but I'm just so used to that at this point that I don't even think he's taco worthy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he didn't have a bad game tonight. He, 12 points, six assists, four rebounds, six of nine shooting. Yeah. He airballed that, that three. He that would have been huge. And it, was, it really took the air out of my sails. It was frustrating. Um, there were some points tonight where I was like, oh, maybe it's the altitude because the Celtics weren't fighting for rebounds and it was kind of frustrating. Yep. But I have no idea. I've never played a basketball game at altitude, so who knows? I, I sure. did once. I played in a basketball tournament in Denver and it sucked. It sucked. It's, it's, it's legit. I mean, just from my own little experience playing two basketball games in Denver, I was like, holy shit, this sucks. So, and Al Horford said it before the game. He's, you know, they asked what's the biggest advantage in Denver, and he said altitude. So uh, the rest of the team and Brad Stevens, like Brad Stevens, is like, nah, I'm not, I'm not playing that. But uh, Al Horford was like, has yeah, no, altitude real. ruined the NBA? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> My column coming tomorrow. 
And Ban altitude, man. That's it. And people don't talk about like like Salt Lake City has got high altitude too. So like they're they're they got some tough tough games on this trip. All right, uh, that's it. Let's let's wrap this up. Nobody wants to hear this. I don't even know if we have any listeners anymore at this point, but. Oh, I'm sure we do. They're junkies. Yeah, they are. They are. We're, we're very popular. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, popular enough with uh, some of the new listeners. Maybe you can become a subscriber if you're a subscriber. Five star rating and a good review would be amazing. And then, of course, share the podcast. Tell everybody, listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs>